Dystopia tonight. You know what I love about this episode already, and no one can see it anyway, is that Mike was laughing appropriately at the intro. He seemed to enjoy the intro, which is mm -hmm. just great. Which is when we have like, you know, other guests sometimes they get to the end and you can see them like dialing for help where they're like, <laughs> Yeah, you can see the fear in their oh, eyes as they watch to do the this. Intro. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that old guy at the end was talking about, but I didn't <laughs> I know. I feel bad. We haven't gotten that episode out of there. We're way behind. Anyway, look, one of the dudes I, I I've known this guy forever. Uh, since I started doing comedy. I think he's known me since I was like 20. He was actually nice enough when I was doing, I did my first time at Stand Up New York. I had an old VA, like a, um, a video camera, not a VHS one, but like a little cassette one. And he okay. was cool enough to sit in the back and record my first set at Stand Up New York. And I could hear oh. him laughing at it. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I don't know if he was laughing at it or with me or whatever, but it was, <laughs> it was nice. It was just nice that he did it. And, uh, and then we'd gone on the road together a couple of times. We'd done a bunch of fun gigs together. So we'll talk about all that, but I, I love this dude a lot. So let's bring out Mike Burton. That's hilarious. I don't remember doing that. I'm glad oh, no. that I did. Yeah. I don't know that I would do it today for some kid <laughs> that I didn't know. I'm a dick now. I was probably like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I can't. I wish I remember doing that. I do remember, but that was at the old stand-up New York, right? Like yes. with the gray walls and it looked like an institution. Yeah, yeah. It had the metal on the wall. It did look like an institution. It was it bad. It was never a comfortable feel at all. They no. would shoot you at the bar every five seconds. Shh, fucking build a door. <laughs> They've invented doors. <laughs> I used to hate that. Build a door. Yeah, man. I, I remember like before I got there, because you know, I mean, all those clubs are really good at that, but they take pictures from like the best fucking angle. So the club looks huge. First time I got there, I didn't realize we were going to be on a windowsill with that metal bar, like, you know, kind of just <laughs> scooting past each other and shit. It was, it's, it's alarming, you know? So I don't know. Where's yeah, the bathroom? Were... Down the oh, fire God. escape. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. Don't take the wrong door. You won't be able to get back in. Exactly. Holy shit. Um, yeah, man, it was, but you were cool, man. I, I had that stupid thing and I think I may have, I couldn't get it. Um, I didn't know there was no place to put it. So I didn't have anywhere to put it. And you were like, I, I got it. I got it. And you just filmed my set. And I was just like, oh, it was really nice. And that was even before I like, I'm dude, I used to, do you, did you dress how you dress now when you first started? No. Okay. When I, because I didn't started, know I had how. a whole bit. Um, one of my, my opening joke for a while was on my way here, the gap threw up all over me and I was <laughs> gapped out. Like, nice. Like when best were in and the banded collar shirt, I was gapped out. And I, my very first job in the city was working at a gap. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I had all the gap gear that you could possibly have. And, uh, and that got me through like a couple of years of, of doing sets of opening and stuff like that that so that it worked out great but no that i dress like that i just i try to dress nice i try to i never want to just show up and look like all right let's go do this i can't right and now i did a show uh no i'm getting it too uh mike are you do you, are your uh i'm getting a lot of feedback for some reason on your end all of a sudden like, like little talking for some reason yeah oh yeah every um, time you uh, yeah let's what do you want me to do yeah, what should you do, Tom? Tom's the Let's tech guy. Fix. I'm going to actually go into check to see if... Get, all right, chat a little bit more with us just so I can see if it's still happening. Is my uh, is my mic too loud or something? There you go. I fixed it. I adjusted it already. Got yep, it. he got it. Oh. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're... <laughs> <laughs> 
all that in post is going to be beautiful. It's going to be gone. Yeah. So it's going to be fine. Um, so wait, so yeah, so you were saying you worked at the Gap for a bit. I, I remember I dressed in, there's pictures of me at Rascals. And I'm pretty sure at maybe not at Stand Up New York because I was trying to wean it off, but I wore a blazer. I had a blazer and like a shirt that was too big, like 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 a buttoned up shirt, like the collar would stick out of the blazer. I didn't know oh, what wow. the fuck I was supposed to be wearing. I was uncomfortable all the time. Um, it was like 80s. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll do what Richard Jenny did. I'll wear those suits. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember you in that at all. Did well, When we first met, like down in Jersey, we did uh, that. Uh, I do remember when we first met, it was like whatever that like resort was or something in the big ballroom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ocean resort. I don't remember you wearing a blazer because we definitely. No, I wasn't then. Friends. Yeah. I was. <laughs> yeah. You would have. I would have abandoned me too. Uh, yeah. I remember that gig. It was me, you, and that. There was a bad. That was not a great room either. No. The Ocean Resort room. It was just, yeah. first of all, they couldn't fill it. So right. you would just get there and hope there was at least 15 people. And oh. they sat them in the front. Sometimes they just scatter them. But those ocean, those rooms are gigantic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, you know, and I, God, I remember. But yeah, the first time we were there, it was me, you, and then Jeff Norris, I think, and his wife, Renee, maybe? Am I wrong? Wow, maybe. I, I think. It was I a remember, week. I don't remember who else was on. I remember you, because you and I sat at a table in the back. Yeah. And, and we were like, I, this fucking sucks. Maybe it was them. <laughs> It could have been then. Yeah, it could have been. I think so. Cause I think it was their first night. So they were like, let's get a bunch, like, who, uh, you know, the guy who booked it was probably like, let's get a bunch of good comics. I mean, I, I was just there cause I was working the, <laughs> I was unfortunately their slave. Uh, but didn't you also live close by? I did. Yeah. So it was, that yeah. was a perfect gig for you. That's exactly the way it should be. Exactly. When I started, I was doing like driving five hours for 50 bucks. No room. <laughs> perfect. Right. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> Where did you start? Where was your first gig? My my very first road gig was at a fire hall in South Jersey. So that was only a couple of hours away. Wow. But uh we used to do the like those fire halls in American Legions, uh Knights mm. of Columbus, all those type oh, of rooms yeah. is where I started on the road. And those uh could be like four or five hours out in Pennsylvania. Oh my and god. I was yeah. hosting. And if you got 75, you were raking it in. <laughs> it was 50 bucks to host that's what you uh, got yeah was it a steve bix gig yes yep okay i did a couple of those yeah yeah that's why he I was frightening but i worked with i worked with some good guys on mm -hmm. those on those shows and it yeah. was i remember jim florentine uh one time at american legion it was jim florentine and mike egan and i hosted of course mm -hmm. and i had it was american legion so it's all like veterans and shit and so yeah. they were like from world war one or civil war <laughs> it was the oldest audience like throughout there was no was it a mix no it's not <laughs> and so i had nothing like i i'm brand new i'm going like who's dating nobody there's nobody in here dating there's a woman that sat up front and i remember the guy running the room goes She's deaf. Don't talk to her. And I remember going, why is she up front? She could sit anywhere. Why does she have to be up front? And so, uh, but I, I didn't do well. And Florentine walked by me as I brought him up. He was featuring and he walked by me and goes, stick close. This may not take long. <laughs> and, he was my favorite, and he crushed. Right. But Oh he, my uh, God. He told me, he goes, yeah, this is the rooms I started. And I know these rooms. And oh. now I have to 
admit that I know those rooms. I can play them at any time. Yeah, I I did a gig with I love Mike Egan. He's a great guy. I did a gig with him in and I should know the name of this town, but I'd never been there before or after. Uh, It was in New Jersey. Very, very small town. He and I get to the gig and it's inside of a bar and the bar is fucking empty and the gig starts in a half an hour. And Mike's like, he looks at me and he goes, what the fuck? And I'm, again, I am the MC, just like you are too. So I'm like, what the fuck are you asking me for? I have no clue what's going yep. on. And he's like, well, and of course, Mike's like, well, call, call, call Bix and see what's going on. Bix doesn't answer. Like, we, we're abandoned at this point. We're like, you know, <laughs> you just children he dropped off at the side of the road. So, so I go to the bartender and I'm like, hey, man, is the, are we not having a show? Is there going to be a show here? And he goes, oh, they'll be here. They're at a wedding right now. And I went, the whole wow. town? And he goes, the whole town. Everybody's at a wedding. <laughs> wow and they literally all walked in like a few minutes late dressed to the fucking nines into this bar to 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 watch the show and i was like this is gonna fucking suck uh but it was fun it was weird it was yeah it was a really weird like they were all plastered and and ready to go somebody got i guess a shotgun wedding i don't fucking know but then they hung out at the local bar that's amazing when that happens to me when i showed up like to those kind of gigs in those small towns where nobody would show up Mm -hmm. it would they wouldn't show up the whole time because they were at the <laughs> county fair this weekend. Oh, it's this weekend or the big homecoming or whatever that. And yeah. they never showed up. It was empty was empty. And say like two people, go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do your thing. I used to love when we would like there were some comics that are probably still around or whatever. But like I, like they were like, you know, the diehard baby comics, basically, who were like, oh, the show must go on. I'm like, the fuck it must. Like, if there's two people, I don't want to do it, you know? Uh, no. But I remember I did one gig in, like, South Jersey, and uh, it was um, a mother and her son and then two other people way in the back. And they were, like, adamant about us all still doing time. And then so it was me and, like, the headliner at the time, and I was like, I'm I'm just going to do 15, and I want to – and she was like, I also want to go home. So I was going to do whatever. So we just made this pack, and during uh, her set – one of the one of the people got a phone call and went, I'll just be right back. And like took the phone. And then there was only three people. And we were just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, they don't give a fuck. No. And it, it's very rare that you get whoever it is running the room, whether it's the the booker or the owner or whatever, that understands because all right. Oh yeah. Here's the on like a three-person show. All right, you do 10, you do 15 to 20, and then headline, you do 30. Yeah. 35 if it's going well for these six people. <laughs> Right. I I mean, everybody's done. We're like, no, no, you do the full time, like 45, 50, 45, Mm -hmm. 50. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that shithole in Point Pleasant that I refuse to name. Um, (laughs) And uh, fucking, how did Sandy not take that? You know what? You know, that would really angers me. Like, my parents lost their house in Sandy. I understand the tragedy. You can't take a fucking comedy club. Nobody gives you. You can't take an Italian restaurant that uses ragu in the back. Come on. Like, it just, just do it, God. Just take it. That um, whole little strip mall. There's nothing there. Go ahead. I know. You're not Just losing like, anything. Yeah. Just show them what we show you. Exactly. Yeah. You're doing us a favor. Fucking it used to be B-Y-O. all beach. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, but I remember like, uh, like guys like Richie and all those other dudes, like, cause I would start, I was the door guy there and I would, you know, do whatever, but they thought I had like an ear and we would be sitting outside and, you know, he never shut the light. There was no, there was always lights on in that place. It wasn't a real club. So you, you know, but there would be like one or two people in the room on like a wet because he could never fill it. And then uh, Richie would be like, you got to get him to cancel it. And I'd be like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, who do you think I am? But he'd be like, can you just talk to him? Just I don't want to do it. Just talk to him. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not getting shot. 
like my first fake two shows. times ever booked there. I was booked on a Wednesday, both times. Mm-hmm. Zero people showed up. Zero. Oh man. Not just not enough to do a show. Zero. <laughs> right. You paid me <laughs> to drive 80 miles and eat gnocchi. <laughs> and I did it twice. And then I did a room in Tom's River and I get a call from that guy and he says, I can't have you do that room. Yep. And I I go, of the zero that showed up twice, <laughs> how many of those are coming to this show? <laughs> and he goes, no, no, I'm just saying that you can't do that. Uh, you, it's too close to me. I go, of this, again, of the zero right. that showed yeah. up twice, the zero of my following that showed mm-hmm. up twice, how many of those are showing up over? Shut the why yeah. why such 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 small town fucking bullshit too like it's like oh do you are you really that insecure my guy are you really yeah. like do you think anybody knows uh, that was that was uh another that was that was really close to me because point pleasant was close closer closest and then knuckleheads opened up in tom's river right and it was and you know what i loved about knuckleheads i don't remember the dude's name but Kurt. the the technically the house mc used oh. to steal material of course he did yeah and but the but, but dude, I so I don't know if, know if you know this story, but it, it's not really a story. But it's Chris Monty and me. I'm sitting there with him, and uh, I cannot fucking Kurt. Kurt, his name was. So yeah. Kurt is going to do the thing. He forgot whose material he stole. So he goes up on stage to open the show, and he's doing Monty's a uh, couple of Monty's jokes. <laughs> he just go, he goes, motherfucker. <laughs> Never hear him. You know he doesn't. Really but it's like this motherfucker is doing my shit he doesn't even know and i'm like i got tears coming out of my eyes because i just i'm like oh he's so dumb but yeah wow yeah those are those two rooms were worried about each other yeah 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 big competition Uh, hilarious man well um i was gonna say poly chase had a good question do comedians still get paid if no one shows up are they still willing to pay you if you if you make the trip you you're supposed to get paid yeah Um, okay there's times where it's a it's a struggle and a fight. There's time where there's times where it's worth it because you're like, well, why am I coming back here? Just give me my money and we can agree to never work together again. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, then yeah. Uh, there's other times you're like, all right, you know what? Give me half and then we'll book something in the future. Yeah. So it just it depends on the gig and your, I guess your your relationship with that that club, that owner, whoever that happens to be. Andy Pitts and I did one where there was nobody there. They talked four people coming into the room, but it got so late. Let's say it's an eight o'clock show and now it's eight 20, eight 25. And we're sitting there going, so at what point do we call this? Like what? (laughs) Yeah. And I think there was like, well, all right, if there's no show, then you can pay us half. And I was like, Nope, no, I drove all the way here. And the guy's trying to say, well, when you have bands, they have following. I said, I've never been to your town before. Yeah, yeah. How am I gonna have a following in your stupid little Connecticut town? What I've never mean? been here. Right. What are you expecting? Come yeah. on. So it's amazing the lack of effort put in from club and, and the amount of shit that we that's one of the things I kind of loved about the pandemic is that it really shifted everything kind of into our favor. I mean, I know it's waned a little bit because now everybody's back into it and we're all getting screwed again. But uh, but but I do I do kind of like that vibe now of like, yeah none of these clubs are making or breaking any of us. So I'm not going to go here for however much you say. And I'm not going to like, like I try to tell people that are just starting out now too. I'm like, just get good at wherever the fuck you are. Like there's, if I get it, like you want to be at the comic strip because you think it still has like a name, you know what I mean? But like, no one's getting discovered there and it's, it's fun, but it's not like, you know, it's not, they're not going to make your fucking break you. 
No, nobody's coming in anymore. I mean, no. I love it. And yeah. everybody, want, you want to do as many spots as you can. Yep. Comfortable there. It's a home club. Mm. Everybody, I tell them similar thing, but I say every comic needs a place where they're not afraid to fail. Yeah. And mm. as soon as you can get like on a regular roster somewhere and you have that space where you can do the new ones. And if they don't go, you know, you're still going to be booked next week, next month, whatever that is. And there's, you have to have that space. It can't be on the road. Are you going to risk like your five new minutes that you know nothing about? Because the first time you say something, it's just to say it out loud anyway. Yeah. It's not even a joke yet. Right. All those guys, like everybody in the pandemic, I got hours of material. No, you don't. You have a journal. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> you sound like a rookie. You've been you doing it long enough to know that you don't have jokes yet if you haven't said them out loud. Right. Oh, that's so fucking good. Um, who was you? So you started out um, doing the firehouse gigs and stuff like that too. But were you, was that the whole thing? Is that what you wanted to be when you were a kid? You wanted to be a writer, a comedian, or an actor? Or did you have something else and you left it? A lot of comics leave. I'm just surprised how many comics leave being a lawyer. Like, I didn't know how many almost lawyers yeah. there were in comedy, but there's a lot of them. I didn't have that. I was, I was a theater major. I did a lot oh. of, I did like everything in high school. I did all the shows in high school. And then I went to college and I was a theater major, uh, acting and directing. And, but comedy was something I always wanted to do and always mm -hmm. talked about it and came up watching the specials with everybody and my friends, we all watched it. We kind of were smart about the way we were watching it. It wasn't like, this is stupid. You know, it wasn't <laughs> funny. We tried to be smart about it, but yeah. I didn't know how to get into it. I didn't, right. I didn't know about open mics. I knew nothing about the business. I did. I was like, how did, how do you start? But acting, I knew like you audition and then you get the part or you don't. And that was, there was a definite thing there that you could do. Right. Uh, and then when I moved to the city, I was trying to be an actor and I, I did a couple of shows and then I think I just woke up one morning and was like, all right, stop talking about it and actually do it. And I got a backstage and Gladys's comedy room, five bucks for five minutes. Yeah. And I had five bucks and the, all the other ones were bringers, like bring five, bring eight. And I was like, oh, I'm not bringing anybody. Right. And I had $5 and, <laughs> and I just did that for like my first couple of years. Right. You know, and that's, and then you get past it a couple of clubs and it, it just kind of works out. And all of a sudden you have whatever a career is. Yeah. Gladys is the best, man. I, Gladys um, helped me out and got me my first commercial agent because I, I got to do her room. And that was actually, you know what? I, I say that there's not a lot of people that see it in the audience, but that was one of the few ones. She really looks out for people. She did. Yeah. 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 yeah she does. Did you start with Gaffigan at, the, at Gladys's? Was Gaffigan He was there? always there. Uh, nice. Gaffigan and Carolyn May. Uh, oh. with the two names, Corey Kahaney oh, was there Corey. quite a bit. Uh, Ross, Russ Maneve. Oh, nice. Dino Badala, oh. uh, Leo Allen, who became a writer on SNL. Right. And, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh like, my God. Like we did, we did that open mic for years and we were both from like North Carolina. So we, so we hit it off. He was probably the first and only guy for a long time that I liked that did what they like the alternative comedy. Right, right. And I mostly couldn't stand that. Yeah, uh, I know. I mean, the alternative to comedy is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> the only alternative, you dicks. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> oh, that was good timing, though. Yeah, that was good timing. taking everything. His keyboard sucks now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole operation's over. It's the fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like it's part of the dystopia. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, that's awesome though. Yeah, I know what you mean. That alternative, but like, it's weird because I feel like they called, uh, like Janine Garofalo, Patton Oswalt, Brian Posehn, 
all those got Mike Mark Maron alternative, but wasn't it wasn't the comedy that was alternative, right? It was just the rooms they chose to perform in, right? Yeah, but even Janine with her taking up nope. the the legal pad and all oh, that, yeah. that was alternative. Uh, they weren't they weren't your setup punchline or or even like real storytellers. Tell- right. Uh, Mark Maron was jokes. I thought he was jokes. He was standing yeah. up. He was uh, great. Patton and all those guys, they were their punchlines became like the the obscure reference and if you got it it was genius and if you right. didn't it was alternative you know so but <laughs> they are fun i do like Patton a lot yeah janine uh, never huge fan mm-hmm. um there were some things that i thought that she did well but the first time everybody saw her she had the legal pad and you're like what the you can't memorize <laughs> you wrote it but you can't <laughs> memorize it and now that's your gimmick stop it Right, right. That's what I realized. There was also no like because we had people when I was younger. We had when I first started, we had people telling us there were like certain rules, but it was like club owners, and I didn't understand that that was like bullshit at the time. And they were like, "Oh, you know, don't you know, you never, never talk to anybody and just do your shit and whatever." And I was like, "I don't want to fucking do any of that." And it wasn't until Jessica Kirsten was like, "You have a knack for talking to the, you know, use that or utilize that." And I was like, "We can do that." She's like, "I," she's like, "Yes, I do it." I've made a career out of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's great at it. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, yeah. So who was your, did you have like a guys that you hung out with all the time in the city? Like when did you, cause you, you had to move eventually into the city, right? I, yeah, I moved uh, in 93. I lived in the city in 93 and then started comedy in 95 and 96. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so then who was your crew? Did you have like guys that you constantly were Lenny like, Marcus, Hey, we're going to go to the club. Oh. Uh, Lenny Marcus, Tom Van Horn. Nice. Like all the guys that like kind of we kind of got passed through the comic ship around the same time. So there was oh, cool. uh John Bush, there was uh Nick Swartzen, oh. Justin McKinney, uh wow. Tom Cotter, who was a little mm. bit ahead of us, but he had started in Boston and then okay. came down with everybody. Uh, Tom's amazing. Ducharme, uh Bernie. Just I mean that that time that was when the comic strip was the club before mm. Uh, the seller, seller was nobody like you'd go down and people go down and do spots as a seller. Be like, all right, I'm, I have to leave. And this is great, but see, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was so much fun hanging out there with all nice. the great comics, watching a game. The mm. show was great. But when that, I remember like having whatever conversation it was, that was great. That was going on. And, uh, somebody would like the host would come up and tap you. Go, all right. I lit them. So you have two minutes. You're like, oh, I don't want to leave this. And, uh, <laughs> You go in and the show would be great. The audience is great. You come back out and that's, it's over. The conversation's right. done. There's no bringing it back. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it was uh, it was probably the best as far as starting out. It was the best learning experience being there and at Stand Up New York. I mm-hmm. had two experiences that uh, they just kind of shaped things and taught me about being a comic. Because other than that, it was just go go up there, do your spot. And come out and i was that young guy i got past but i i was smart enough to know that i knew nothing okay and so mm-hmm. i would just sit and be quiet and just listen to everybody mm-hmm. and there was one time at the comic strip where whatever the conversation was one of the comics said something and another comic goes did you just do a bit and he goes no but he goes with, he goes no you just did a bit you don't do a bit for comic and everybody jumped on him like I, I hadn't seen that at all before. And I just sat back like, oh my God. And it was hilarious. It was great. But I, in your head, you're like, never do a bit for a comic. Don't do a yeah. bit. So you can work stuff by him, but not, you don't throw it in in conversation, your genius bit. You right. leave it alone. 
that was a good learning experience. And then there Damn. was a night at Stand Up New York where it was just the audience was phenomenal from mm -hmm. beginning to end. Everybody crushed from the MC all the way through the lineup. Everybody crushed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll use his name. Uh, Orny Adams went up. Oh, and Orny uh, did as well as everybody else. And then he bowed. And so they used to have that monitor up where you could see the stage and you could also look through the window. Right. And so he bowed and everyone at the bar like, did he just bow? Did he bow? <laughs> and he came off stage and everybody that was at the bar, did you just bow? And he goes, no, but I did well. Everybody did well. Nobody bowed. Nobody bowed. <laughs> and so in my head, nope, you never bow. You know. So even now, if you do a show and it goes, well, I, I'll give a wave, like thank you and good night and walk off stage. But I'm not going to, and bow. <laughs> I'm never not going to be able to think of that now when I close out a set or anything like that. I'm like, oh, God, oh, I'm going to want to bow. Am I going to bow? But not, you don't bow at Stand Up New York. I mean, right. if, you, if it's your own show, it's your theater show, and they came to see you, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I get that. Yeah. But not, if you're going to bow at the strip on a Tuesday, get the fuck <laughs> out of this club. <laughs> Oh my God. That's so fucking great. But that was, yeah. I did. I, I loved hanging out and learning from everybody. It mm. was my favorite. It was. So when you were developing material though, so like, cause you were doing that, did you know immediately, like, I got to have five, I'm going to perfect that five minute set or were you constantly trying new stuff? I, I got locked in, uh, Lucian, who was the, the booker back then at the time, mm -hmm. he goes, you're really married to that material. And I, I was married to it, but I, I had two pieces of advice before I ever became a comic. And one was from uh, Jimmy Brogan. Oh, and Jimmy who Brogan. I just happened to be visiting in LA. I've still mm. never done stand up in LA. Mm -hmm. And what? Yeah. And so wow. back in like either 90 or 91, I was uh, at the improv and um, Jimmy Brogan was hosting the show. I went to the bathroom, I came out, and he's standing by the door before he was going to go in and take off whoever it was and bring somebody up. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I know you're about to go on. And, and the quickest piece of advice you would ever give somebody who's thinking about doing stand-up. And he said, get on stage as much as you can. Nothing makes you better than being on stage. And I was like, perfect. And I walked right. away and it was great. And, uh, and then years later, I moved to the city. I, I don't think I had done stand-up yet. So this was early on. And my roommate worked at what's now the triad okay on 72nd on yeah. the west side but it used to be called steve mcgraw's and they uh -huh. used to have off-broadway theater there and so my my roommate worked there and he was on the broadway bowling league <laughs> right and they play in uh port authority they play <laughs> no, every third thing. <laughs> and uh during the summer they have softball or yeah softball wow and uh, but so I, I would go with him and just hang out and drink beer and watch him bowl. I don't bowl. I hate bowling. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching anything. And these, some of them awful, which is great. <laughs> you watch this person, like with all this talent, they can sing the shit out, but they can't roll an eight pound ball. What do I care? <laughs> but, uh, Rosie O'Donnell happened to be in Greece at the time. Wow. And so I, I don't know if they were playing against my roommate's team or whatever, but I saw her and I just kind of went over. Somebody introduced us and I said, what do you tell somebody like quick that's just thinking about doing stand-up? And she said, you get five minutes. Get build on, get five minutes first. And 
keep working on that five minutes. Make it the best five minutes you can where every joke in it crushes and you can take it anywhere and it works every single time. And then you build that to seven, seven becomes 10, 10 becomes 15, and then you can build a set. But mm -hmm. get that five to be the best five ever. And so I, I, it hindered me in the fact that I did work on that five and I had that five and my five was, became 10 when I got past. But when I got past the strip, that's all I had was 10, uh -huh. you know, and I was doing like 15 minute spots and I was like, Oh my God, how am I gonna, and somehow <laughs> you, do through. you do shit that doesn't yeah, work at all. You yeah. break out a couple of new ones, but again, you're going to get past next week. Mm -hmm. But at first, like no matter where you go, you're, you're still trying to impress people for a while yeah. until you get comfortable. And, uh, but those two pieces of advice were, were great for me. So I did, I did kind of latch onto that, but it, it, it worked also uh, in my favor to get past at the clubs. Right. And so now I can work on new stuff and not have to go to the open mics. And I just kind of gave up the open mic. So some guys oh. will still go. Yeah. I, didn't, I went to open mics after the pandemic just to get oh. on stage. Right. Like their Facebook pages. Yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. I went to one and nobody knew who I was, which is, I couldn't tell you the last time. Cause usually there's at least an owner that knows you. If yeah. Yeah. And there does you work with new comics. That's great. But somebody knows you. Yeah. It chops up or whatever, but nobody. And so I, I felt like I had to act like an open micer. Yep. And it was the weirdest feeling. There was a kid who went up and, uh, Several of them had gone up and then this guy goes and he said, uh, I've been doing this for eight years. So you guys will understand when you, and I'm sitting in the back and in my head, I'm going, leave him alone, leave him alone, leave him alone, leave him alone. <laughs> Don't say a word to him. He is oh, what he is. So Just good. let it go. Just let it go. And so I went up and I did, I worked on some stuff that I had, uh, like new stuff. Yeah. And it really just talking on stage again was a whole thing of like coming out of COVID mm -hmm. and, uh, so I went up and I, I did a couple of new things that I wanted to work on. And then at the end, I was like, I'm going to throw in an A joke on here at the end just to, yeah. just to show that I can do. And I did. And the guy hosting goes, that was really good. <laughs> like, Thanks, man. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. And then I went and got my beer. But it was, oh, that's so good. It was like an acting exercise all of a sudden. I loved had, it. It didn't occur to me on my way there until, I'm, until I walked in the place and I went, Oh, <laughs> right. and I did. I, I guess I expected somebody to know somebody. Sure. But I, nothing. Wow. Nobody. Yeah, um, it is weird when you, I, I hate doing the open mics. I think I've been talking to people about that too. Cause as we've been doing this podcast, they're like, what podcast do you listen to? And I'm like, none. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I like doing it, but I don't want to listen to it. I mean, I'll listen to like Mark Maron's, you know, cause that's good. Yep. You get somebody on there that you really love and you're like, Oh, I've never heard, you know, whoever talk about whatever. Um, and then like, you know, some of the smartless ones, or whatever, but like, so, but then they'll do the same thing. They'll be like, Oh, do you want to go see a comedy show? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I don't want to go to, you want to go to hang at the open mic? No, I yeah. hate, hate what if I'm on another show. It, okay. I got to do the show. The only time I like it is when I wind up walking into a room and there's other people there. Like, I didn't know you were on one we were doing together and I walked in the room and we saw each other and we were like, Oh yes, right. this is going to be fun. And it was, it was a fucking blast. Otherwise, you know, no, I don't want to fucking do that. It's gross. No. Unnecessary. Yeah. I did one. You know Bill Baranke? Yeah. So Bill Baranke, uh, I talked him into going to this open mic at a bar that you would never find. I'm like, why is there an open mic here? 
<laughs> but, but I talked him into going, let's go. If you're going to, if you go, I'll go. So we yeah. both go. And it happened to be, we knew that I knew the MC. I don't know that build it, but I knew the guy who was MC. And, yeah. uh, but when I was watching that and you had to sign up, so we we're like maybe numbers eight and nine. Okay. And, uh, so we're watching and it like all of them were inside joke after inside joke. And so they're killing for their friends. Right. Mm -hmm. But the whole time I'm thinking this isn't going to, isn't the point to try to get to work in a club mm -hmm. and you can't do anything that you just said. You wasted your time. You wasted my time. You wasted yeah. five minutes of doing nothing. Just talking to your friends, which you could have just done in any bar. Right. I just, I hated that whole thing. So much of that is so is about saying that you got to do comedy or you were a comedian and having that photo. That's it for some of those people. And it fucking sucks for the rest of us because, you know, it, I did I did a show um, in Asbury and there was a dude on there and he stacked the audience with his friends. Kind of the same thing. But not only that, like and I, oh, I I'm just going to cut this or cancel myself. I don't even know. So the guy is gay. Great. Not a problem. You know what I mean? You know me. I'm, I love the gays. I uh, got my I see Star shirt. Wars. I know Star Wars. Yeah, I'm representing the 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 gay Ewoks and the Star Wars. We all know they were gay. Uh, I don't fucking know what's going on. I, I didn't like know that till now. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm I'm going for one of those roles. So so anyway, so there's like uh, the guy's doing his thing, but it's it wasn't jokes. It was literally just you know all personality. So it was all very flamboyant, whatever. And he, but he was fucking crushing. Yeah. And then I. Uh, came in and then I you know had jokes and they were like who the fuck is this guy with it you know we just watched it we just want to watch our friend and I was like god I fucking hate this shit why am I what did I say I would go up yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like hey you want to go do some time and I was like oh you know I'll do it yeah sure fuck me why would I it, do that to myself it's awful it's awful yeah. I went to one a few years ago and it was kind of a booked open mic but it was in a bar mm. friend of mine hey would you come and close my show like yeah fine and uh, it was, I show up and the guy on stage is a killer act. He's great. And he's getting nothing. He's having a, a zero. He's having a one at best. Wow. And I don't, and I'm rounding up. Like it was, it was, <laughs> and he was giving it everything he had. It wasn't like, I didn't watch him and think that he had given up at all, which I would have been like, fuck this. Sure. And so I watched him getting a zero and I turned to the girl that booked it and I go, yeah, I'm not going to go up. <laughs> and he goes, what and i said if he's not getting anything i'm gonna get nothing so and he's great he's an he's a real act he's giving it everything he's doing a jokes it's not like he's up there like with a piece of paper like what did right what do you guys want to talk about he's not doing any of that so what did i want to say he's not he's giving it everything real stuff getting nothing. i was like nope i'm not i why why yeah and she was like, I can't believe you're not going up. Well, fucking believe it because I yeah. promise that's what's going on. That takes a lot of fucking balls, man. The amount of times comedians actually want to bail and like they're looking for the exit and they convince themselves that they have to do it anyway. That I, I admire the shit out of that. That's <laughs> fucking ballsy, dude. Because I, I there's so many times where we're like, this is going to suck. We should get the car running or just fucking bail immediately. Now I just do yeah. it anyway. That fucking now it's sucks. coming like that winter time and that those days with the weather. Yep. You're like, come on, cancel before I do. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> You like wait until four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Come on, I know you're gonna cancel. Just please cancel before I have to call you. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they still send you the check or like half or whatever, and you're like, yes, yeah, dude. One time, Joanne Fallon and I, she she was driving. We were driving to a gig in uh, Virginia, and uh, she 
uh, drove on the opposite side of a bridge. So we saw, uh, yeah. And literally though, I, we like, we saw the cars coming and I, and I went, huh. And then she turned <laughs> and then she, we were talking about it afterwards. She's like, we were unusually, I feel like we handled that pretty well. I was like, yeah. Cause the worst I thought was, we don't have to do the gig. Uh, you know, <laughs> it happens here. We just don't have to go to the gig. That's all. <laughs> what's, the, what's the problem there? I don't see a problem. Oh, that's um, great. What was your trajectory though? Like, so, so because one, a couple things, one, you, you're very, very unique in the way you deliver your material and stuff like that. I don't, I don't hear, I'm pretty good with, cause I'm a comedy nerd, pretty good at picking up like other comedians they may have liked along the way or whatever. Even right. when I've seen your earlier stuff, you sound like you. So did you not have like anybody that you fell into emulating or anybody that you thought you were like, Oh, I'm doing a little bit of this guy. Cause to me, it's always just Mike Burton. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, when I did start, I think I was, I was Carlin-esque. Okay. Um, loved Carlin, loved Eddie Murphy. So yeah. that might be like where the energy comes from. Okay. Like I'm more of a high energy act than, yeah. uh, than people would think if they're just sitting there talking to me probably. Sure. Um, try to not, uh, not try. I'm not on when I'm not on stage. Yeah. Like there's lines that you have or whatever, but you're not. Hey, what's up? Uh, I can't yeah. uh, walk away from me. Um, everybody hates those comments. Yep, absolutely. But uh, I remember Vinny Brand. I did the Stress Factory once and mm -hmm. hosting. And he said, uh, he goes, uh, I like you, Mike Burton. He goes, you got some good stuff and, uh, and you got a good cadence, like your own cadence. And I was like, yeah. all right, okay. That's almost a compliment. All right. I'll take it from Vinny. But he also said one time I, I bombed because mm. I had to follow his stupid phone call for 45 minutes and then oh didn't God, do well. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe it. It didn't do well after 45 minutes. Or nothing. And uh, so I went up and he goes, you probably had a six, but when I tell the story, you had a three. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice, what a nice guy. That's perfect. <laughs> That's great. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, it's I do you know the guy Do you ever do comedy works in Pennsylvania, Bristol, Pennsylvania? No, I don't know why. It's a place that I should I know why. Played. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I've no, played those rooms. I, it's not yeah. like I never did a terrible room, but it's, right. I've heard about it for years and it used to be a woman joy. Yes. And for whatever reason, I just never, never worked there. I, I didn't. Do, I've never done that. I've never done a Scarpati room. Oh, my God. I've done a couple. I've done the. um. Uh, oh my God. It was the one in somebody else ran it. I think he's passed away now. Tony something ran it. Um, heavy set dude. Uh, but it was in Marlton, New Jersey. I think the, first, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the comedy cabaret I've done that one. That was a fun cause it was a tight room. It was in the back of a Mexican restaurant as they are. Um, and, uh, and then I've done his one in like North, they say it's Northeast Philly. It's nowhere near Philadelphia. I don't Is even know what Boyle Northeast Town or something. There it is. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they're like, oh, Northeast. I mean, you don't have to say Philly. No, but first of all, I hate Philadelphia. Second of all, I just, I don't care. Like, you're not, I don't, it doesn't impress me, but I've done that room too. And it's fun. Those are fun rooms. The comedy works in Bristol is a little different. Cause it's, it's like, it, there's a lot of trash, but I don't know where it's from. Like it comes in from like, like I'm sure trash, but like, that's a different level. When you come down here, wherever they are in Britain, it's a, it's a fucking weird mix, right? But Mike Kaplan will go on and do 20 fucking minutes of nothing. I love that dude. He's a, he's like one of the sweetest men ever. 
But like he will go on and go like, turn your cell phones off. And for the ladies, if you want to leave it on vibrate, we'll understand. And it's just that. And I'm like, is he doing it to fuck us? Like, is, is this what he's doing? And then the MC would go on and they would like fucking eat it. And he would go like, I'm never having them back. I'm like, you just destroyed them. You right. destroyed their only chance. Uh. Yeah. He's crazy. So, so, so when you were doing that kind of stuff, were you, did you move yourself up or did the, cause Wally Collins gave me a piece of advice when I was literally just starting out. Actually, somebody else had asked him and I just listened. Um, so I was like, I was like, I was, I was like, I was eavesdropping. Wally wouldn't let me near him. But what I, but what I did was I leaned my ears up against the door. And I don't know why. He's a very nice man. <laughs> That's what I did, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> Writing on a wall. Um, yeah, but he but he basically said somebody had asked him, uh, when do you when do you know you can headline any or, or when do you get moved up to headlines? And he was like, uh, you move yourself up. And I always thought about that because that's like, you know, you would perform at five clubs and they would see you as an MC. And then if in order to get to the whatever one, you had to leave that what you knew, go do the middle act somewhere. Like, but what was your like because I know you didn't start with the bringer show shit. So right. how did you move up? Um, I got in with Bix. There was a mm. comic, Rod Reyes, who got me in with yeah. Bix. Mm. And he actually took me on the road. And uh, I featured for him, I think, the only time I ever performed in Canada. So 20-something oh. years ago. And, uh, and that was a great – we did it two weeks. And uh, it was a great two weeks. But I started working for Bix. I hosted for him and, and he would put himself on the shows and then, uh, I would feature, he moved me up to feature and, uh, I was like, all right, cool. He was the first guy to like move me up. Right. And I did a few features there. And then I started featuring at the other clubs, the, like the bananas and the, uh, oh, yeah. Death Factor and whatever. Um, and then he was the first one to headline me, uh, before I should have, but, my feature set was good, and I had this. Did I work with when I? You probably saw me when I had the music closer. Oh yeah, yeah, right. So a long time ago, and it right. was genius. But um, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like I've seen. Uh, I think I still have it on VHS somewhere. But oh, uh, nice. And, uh, it. But that closer helped me move up. Mm -hmm. And so there were. Bix had comics that he said, "I have comics that don't want to work with you because they can't follow you." So I have to move you up. Nice. And of course, I'm like, well, if you have to. <laughs> so, so I did. And it was, it's hard. It's definitely hard to, to start headlining. Now you're doing 45. Yeah. You're following like some really good acts. And people have a chance to get drunker by the time you get on. Mm -hmm. And like just everything that goes into it. Like you're like, you better be, you should be better than the people that were just on. Yes. So there's yeah. expectations that you never had. Like that feature spot. If you could make millions being a feature, who's moving? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you could yeah. make a living being a feature act, yeah. The cake yeah. job every time, yeah. 30 and go home. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but that's how I did that. And then I got, uh, I got into colleges and started mm. doing those. And I was doing an hour. Uh, and there were, there were comics that would take somebody to do. 15 or 20 minutes because they didn't have the hour and they would give them 150 bucks for 20 minutes. And right. guys are happy with that. I was re I was like, Nope, I'm taking all the money. I couldn't be, <laughs> I'm a cheap son of a bitch. 
I'm yeah. not paying anybody. I have my own car. I don't need a ride. Right. So I'm going <laughs> to do this hour. I'm going to walk with the money. Yeah. And, uh, and I did colleges for a while until I stopped liking doing them. Right. I hated the rules. I didn't, I would do the shows for the check and then go do some shit room or a fire hall on a weekend, but you did the show that you wanted to do. Right. Right. And, but yeah, I mean, doing the, doing the spots in the city, I don't know how guys stay in the city. There's people mm -hmm. that like comics that never want to leave the city. Yeah. They're very comfortable there, but I don't know how you learn anything as far as not playing the road and not ever being able to do 45. You right. want a Netflix special, but you've never done 45 in a row. Yeah, man. I got it all written down. Oh, good. You know, right. they're going to give me a night where I get two spots in a row. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's what you need. That's where headlining is, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There is a, I, I've told this story before out here, but there was a guy who, uh, and I, and I selfishly wanted this, right? So he does AGT, uh, and he's like got that fan base from that. Cause AGT, you know, he didn't win or anything, but you know, he's got, they've only seen him do two minute chunks on AGT here and there. So, uh, he packs out this club. Um, I'm opening firm or whatever. Audience is very nice. And they've all got their AG. Some of them have got their little sweatshirts on the fucking AGT paraphernalia. And then, uh, he can only do like 20, he did 20, 25 minutes. And then I swear to God, the rest of his set was spent apologizing. And he was just like, and, but he was very likable. So like he would try to meander through the rest of it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, whatever, just fucking eating it. Right. And then, uh, but he gets off stage. And there's still a fucking line around the corner to take photos with them. And I was just like, I just said to the club owner, I was like, if I could just be that well-known and mediocre, I'd be yeah. so much happy. Like I'd be, cause no one gave it. I did. I had a great 30 minute set. And then I was just like, whatever. And it was fucking awful. And the first time I, I, I decided I was going to headline myself. I booked myself out of state. I was like, I want to be as far away from anybody that could see me <laughs> eat it. And I, and it was a lot of fun and I had a good time and that was great. But I, man, I drove. I was like, I never want to go back to this place, but yeah. it was great. My first time, my first time headlining was in the basement of a place, and it was, uh, it was awful. Ooh. Like it was, like it. Uh, they had a local guy who featured, and he crushed, and he had his friends there, and then mm -hmm. Schmucko shows up. Mm -hmm. And I have nothing for them. Like, like you, like you with the guy who just packed the place with his, but this is a real show. Right. Like, well, I'm not going to headline again. Like that was tough, man. Yeah. I think I, I think that was even before Bix moved me up. Somebody like maybe recommended me to, to headline this place. Right. But it's, it was one of those places. Um, like, uh, that called me uh, one time and said, Hey, I'm starting a room and would you come out and headline it? And I go, yeah, no problem. It's 75 bucks a headline. No, never mind. You should have opened with that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because well, it's not up and running. I was like, well then call me when it is. What do you mean? But he's going to find somebody that wants to do that. Yeah. They can yeah. now say they headline. And I think that's what I did. Like, okay. I should not have been headlining, but I'm sure it was a hundred bucks or maybe one twenty-five. Like, All right, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, so, you get to say that you've headlined. Yeah, absolutely. It, at least it wasn't a make or break place. I mean, yeah. it was a oh. nothing. 
and they'll never remember me anyway. Who did? Yeah, it's who crazy. I, feel, I wish I had known when I was a little younger that no one ever is ever going to remember you because I used to take those any and no matter what place I was at, what I used to take those bombing things like deathly serious. I'd be like, oh man, they're never going to have me back here. And then like you know, a couple weeks would go by, they're like, hey, do you want? Are you still doing it? Do you want to come back and do a set? And I'd be like, yeah, I guess I just ate it, but all right. Like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, we don't. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to remember you. Not the same fucking people. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> walk, I would walk away so dejected. Um, yeah. Did you have, uh, like, when you were going on the road, because I remember, I think I remember when your first album came out. It was Funny Bunny, right? Yep. Yeah. I re- I think you, I don't, when did it come out? Uh, eight. 2008. Okay. Yeah, because I started into that. Yeah, so I think I remember when you were hand- coming out. What was the lead up to doing the album? Like, how were you, were you ready to burn that material? Um, yeah. I, okay. I kind of got to a point where I was, everybody had it. I needed something to sell. I didn't want to carry t-shirts. Right. I never liked the t-shirt thing. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that if somebody bought your CD, they liked you enough to want to listen to you more. Right. And so that made sense to me. And I kept trying to record and, and it's so hard to get that perfect set. Mm. And I was at a fire hall. I did it at a fire hall. Uh, I think it was a Bix gig, but it was packed. It was yeah. like maybe three or 400 people there. Nice. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, this is good. Like it was a good, everybody was perfect. If this comes out, if this works, this is going to be great. And it somehow it did. Yeah. And, uh, awesome. I still have it. That there's no tracks on that one. I was right. like, you know what? I'm just going to, when somebody listens to this, I want them to feel like they were there and it's not broken up. So they listen to the whole thing, but it also means you can't just go find your own bit. Like if you like this and you want somebody to listen to it, like, the dumbest fucking decision ever. What you did. made an eight track out of a CD player, out of a CD. I love it. You're like, no, you got to listen to it from the fucking beginning again. All the way. That's right. This fucking guy. You yeah. fast forward. Hey, that's the end. That's right. That's the end. <laughs> it's one long 50 minute track. Enjoy. Oh my God. Right. That's so fucking great though. Cause I don't, I liked your, cause by the way, guys who everybody's just watching, he's got a dry bar comedy special. What's the name of the co- the dry bar one? Uh, I can get wider. That's right. Fucking. So, so you're, <laughs> I've, I've watched a few of the, like, you know, people's dry bars or whatever. And you know, I, you know, they're all right. Yours is fucking killer. I mean, oh, just thanks. the clips. Oh man. They're so good. I would, you have certain bits that I've always loved that I'll literally just watch again or like I'll show my friends and shit. Um, but I love, uh, I can get wider. So fucking great. I love the stories about your son. Um, it's a great special. Did you feel like it got the view? Like, I, I, cause I don't know what, you know, Netflix, you got the dry bar, which is really popular now and all that other stuff. And you said you grew up on those specials and stuff like that. So when you finally did the dry bar one, did it meet your expectation of what, you would have assumed a special would have been not to, not even like again anything against Drybar. I just mean like you know you get views now instead of you know maybe a, a you know a, a rating on a TV you know or a review or whatever it was that you would right. get back in the day. Like did it feel the same for you? It was pretty cool. I nice taping itself was very cool. The audience you do two shows in the night, mm-hmm. um, and that was back when they were doing forties, and now they're doing twenties. Right. But we did forties. It was uh, myself and another comic, and they had a warm up that went up first, mm-hmm. and and he was great. He was perfect. The audience was so good that you almost feel like when they want it clean, you're like, well, this audience doesn't want it clean, but you that's not who they're selling it to. So you still right. have to stay focused as far as that goes. Right. But that taping, it was cool. My, hmm. I got a piece of advice years ago. Uh, Bill Burr had that special that uh, 
I can't remember the name of that special, but the one where he talks about dating the girl in Harlem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah she... like white people going up. And so I saw him after that, and we were sitting mm-hmm. there talking, and I said, that is one of my favorite specials I've ever seen. It's just a great, perfect special. Yeah. And he said that he went into that special thinking, I'm just going to do it like a club set. I'm not doing it like I'm in a theater. I'm just going to do it how I do it in a, in a club, and it, and it worked. And so I just kind of always kept that in mind. Even when I do theater shows now, I kind of have that in mind. There's, yeah. Because you're, you are looking into darkness for the most part. You can see maybe five rows in a theater. Right. Uh, but on that one, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I do. This is not, I've mm-hmm. done this set. I know how this stuff goes. If they don't like it, it's on them. They're the ones that booked me. Right, so, right. Uh, I, I just try to enjoy myself and just be what I normally am anyway and not nice. overthink it. It's easy right. to overthink it. Like almost yeah. like as comics, everything. Like, should I do this? Should I do that? No. Oh my God, I can't. You know, so what are you right. going to do? And they shoot one, right? They don't shoot two? They shoot two. They shoot two. Oh, that's yeah. great. So the first one went well. I knew I had it in the can. So the second one, um, it just, it worked out. I knew what I had. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I also <laughs> had, uh, like, I, I talk about, I have Burton luck which means things just get fucked up that shouldn't be fucked up. <laughs> like things that have never happened before will happen to me. Like we've right. never had this happen. Of course you haven't. Why would you? So on the first <laughs> taping, the clock that's on the wall uh, that counts down from 40, hmm. uh, it stopped at 38. So <laughs> I, was, I was like, and I talked to the audience. So I don't know how, where I am, but I knew I had to be like 20 to 25 in. And so I just give a little glance up and I'm like, 38 and so i do it and they gave me i was about to wrap up and they gave me the light right when i thought i should so it timed oh. out perfectly and i was like all right so now cut to the second show and they go we fixed the clock that won't happen again i was like perfect the lights on the they have a balcony section but the mm-hmm. lights on the bottom just these fluorescent lights just went on just like a cafeteria light <laughs> somebody just like oh did this light be on click and then it stayed on for a while and then it went off and I was like, do I, in my head, you know, you're telling jokes, but in my head, like, do I address this? Right. They can't see it. So nobody that is watching this will know. So I just left it alone. And at the end, like, we don't know what happened with that light. I was like, I do. It's Burton luck. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. It's never happened before. Holy shit. It doesn't even have a bulb. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Great. Like little things like that that oh, happen. And you're like, all right, well, gloves are off. Here we go. Yeah. You handle that shit well, though, dude, because I know you're going to, I knew, you had to know I was going to bring this up. The gig we did in um, Wisecrackers in Scranton. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, uh, so <laughs> we're, we're doing this gig and Mike's talking to the audience and he's like, uh, where are you from? And the guy in the audience just fucks it up, gets nervous and he goes, up north we live. Oh, and yeah. And you, yeah. up north we live. I don't know why you haven't named an out or anything. That is, <laughs> I swear to you, I watch that video at least 15 times a year. I just, <laughs> I, it'll just pop into my head. I'm like, I got to see it again. And I'm just with friends. And I'm like, you're, he, he was crying laughing. I really, we should have brought it up. Tom. But it, is it still on YouTube? Yeah, it should okay, be. Good. I mean, I've never taken it down. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't, I don't think I watched it this year yet, but it's great. Up north we live. I mean, I was fucking dying backstage. And I remember you had this little video camera and I like me, I had to make sure you got it. But like it was fucking and you were just crying because he just it was ridiculous. And it took you like two seconds to realize that he had rephrased it oddly. 
And you're like, yeah. up north. Like, as soon as you realize it, I gave it, him it a second over. chance. I go, what? And he said yeah. it again exactly the same way. <laughs> and I, I said, they came back to another show. They he didn't did? say one thing until they walked out. And they go, up north we live. And I go, <laughs> what? And they go, we're the people. And then they walked out. How do you not stick around? <laughs> I know. What the fuck? That's so good. So, yeah, um, yeah. That was fucking hilarious, man. That, little things like that. Like, just little happy accident like that. And I put yeah. it up, too on youtube because i put it up as a anti-heckler video because mm. i i'm sick of the i come comedian destroys heckler i haven't yeah. seen one destroyed yet okay i know I, yeah. <laughs> did, you talk to him? did you talk to him was that your yeah. destroy yeah hey shut up that was your big destroy right uh, oh my god i know i remember scrolling through facebook and fucking hofstetter shit would just come up all the time and i'd be like oh my god with the fucking graphics and the font and the thing and you're just like all this buildup and nothing <laughs> fuck and it's just your q a at the end you jackass like i know what you're doing but yeah, yeah i know it that shit fucking sells man everybody's got some kind of hook somebody uh, said he has plants i wrote it somebody had it on facebook that they were like working with him for the weekend and so I just like, like my little snippet. I said, why don't you ask him why he gets heckled so much? And, uh, and then he wrote me back and he had this whole thing. Like I only get heckled like 20% of the time out of this many shows. I think that's pretty good. In my oh head, I'm like, no, no it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, no. It's not at all. What do you mean? You're just trying oh. to justify it. You, uh, come on. Are you showing up to places that don't know you're doing comedy? What are you doing? Are you just <laughs> picking in people's living room doors and like, hey, oh. want to hear about gun control? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking you should come hilarious. watch me. I'm a genius. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> why you don't live in New York anymore. This is why this is why everybody this is why I like doing shows with you because this is what we do and it's fucking gold. It's just hilarious. <laughs> He's the you're the I, I anybody that just fucking disposes any of that kind of shit just makes me laugh so fucking hard. Just good to hang out with. You don't you don't suffer fools uh well, which is great because I feel like but you know what's crazy? You do keep relatively quiet online about like anything. I don't I don't I don't think I would I mean I know you, so I do, but like I don't think I'd, I anybody would know your politics or anything like that like outside of you know, like you don't you don't really go after people in a lot, but I feel I like in, I got into a little bit. Uh, I did. I hate it when comics that I know put up mm -hmm. something and say something that like all people are like this. And I'm like, I know you wouldn't say that to my face. Right. So stop. And I went back and forth with one comic uh, on somebody else's thread. Like we kind of like went back and forth <laughs> on somebody else's bullshit thing. Nice. And uh, he ended up calling me like, we're OK. Right. Like, dude. <laughs> I promise I don't take anything on Facebook seriously. Yeah, no, like, yeah, of course. But I'm going to call out something every now and then. Yeah. You know, and there were just people that just have to say something shitty yeah. about, and they're for the guy that I'm not for and all that kind of stuff. Like, I I, uh, I, I had the same feel. I don't want to hear dumb dick yeah. for any amount of time. I don't want to hear him now. No. I do like there's uh, people that are turning finally. It's taken too long. Yeah. Like, way too long for them to turn. Right. But- also in my head, they're going back and forth. And look, man, that dude's never changed. Right. He can't change. He's been the same the entire time. Yeah. He's the same as when he was in 15 and you were calling him an asshole and he didn't know anything. And then he was all the same the whole time. And now he's still the same. You're like, well, he was pretty good. Then. We're not going to be the same. And then all of a sudden, nah, he's an asshole again. It, I yep. can't. He's the same every time. Absolutely. Yeah, oh. it's it's just fucking insane, dude. And I love that they're going. They're like, uh, the, the, I love the people that are kind of leaving Trump, and they're like, no, 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 DeSantis. And I'm like, so you left an unorganized fascist 
for uh, yeah. organized. <laughs> You're like, that guy's got his hate together. This guy <laughs> all over the place with the hating. I, I can't, I can't follow it. I don't know what he hates. Oh my um, God. Dude, I've kept you for an hour. Uh, I'm going to ask you the big three questions that we have. Oh, wait, do we have any? We have questions from the audience, right? I think we do have some stuff. Yeah, yeah. let me throw those at you before I get to my horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Polly was asking, where is it? If you're funny and preserved, won't people eventually show up and make it happen? Doesn't does it work like that in comedy? Like if you're funny, do you think you gain the audience, or do you think it takes more than just being funny? Um. I think it it probably takes more. Uh, the funny, if you're not funny, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're funny, but you can't really sell it, then it doesn't mm. matter. There's guys that are great writers, but they're not good stand-ups. Right. They write great yeah. jokes, but they're not good. And some learn how to do it, and it can take a while. And there's some that uh, they just become writers. It, it just never gels for them, the performance part of it. Right. That's yeah. absolutely true. And I feel like that's like a, do you, do you almost hate saying it? Do you say you're a good writer to people? Cause I feel like it's just one of those. No. What'd you say? I'm not a good writer. No, no, no. I mean like, do you say the words to another comic? You're a great writer. Cause I feel like that's almost like when they're trying to do stand up, and you're like, you're a great writer. They're like, fuck. He means I suck at stand up. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I, <laughs> no, I've told people that I really like their stuff. Nice. Like, I, like uh, Jamie Lisso and Greg Warren. Oh yeah. Are two of my favorites that I've been lucky enough to work with. And, uh, and I worked on shifts with them. So I've seen a lot of their material over a week. Mm -hmm. And they're both great performers, but they have great bits yeah. that are like great quotable bits, almost like a Brian Regan who oh, yeah, yeah. writes great bits. But you can't picture him writing for somebody else. Right, right. Brian no, writes for Brian and he knows how to make that funny. Yep, absolutely. So I feel similar to that. Yeah. Did you um did you have a favorite comic like uh, other than like a Carlin or a Pryor? But did you have somebody like who was like maybe a little bit before you, who you kind of like were like, oh man, if I could get to their level. I mean, Attell and Attell, and Bill Burr, all those guys like from that class. Yeah, from that class, they were great. Louis. Yeah. I mean. Oh Louis, yeah, yeah. No matter what Louis did, sure doesn't make him not funny. No, absolutely. Absolutely. He, hilarious. I don't I even think he did anything bad. I feel like everybody like threw him under the bus, but he asked. I feel like it's, it's not like you did it without asking. It was wrong yeah. place, wrong time. Can I ask you guys a question? Can uh can I pause real quick? Yeah. yeah. I'm at eleven percent on my laptop for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know. Like yeah, yeah, go, yeah. we haven't done this in a long time. You so give it. me one minute. I'm gonna go You're right, back, I'll be right back. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Oh man. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I know it was one of those. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a little bit overblown. I mean, whatever. I if you say it's fucked up, it's fine. Like it, it, it was. It wasn't like it. It wasn't like it wasn't fucked up. But like, I I didn't like when they were putting him on the same. Like when everything was just meshed together. It was like Cosby, Weinstein. Yeah. Also, like Janine had to defend him at one point. She was on a podcast and she was basically just like, because they were like, oh, like Louis just would whip his dick out and would like, and she was like, that's not what he did. If we're going to talk about what he did, just say what he fucking did. But that's yeah. just because of the, you know, journalism today or whatever. It is. Like a it's lot like of that stuff is, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't mind talking about what he did, but just talk about that. And that's I feel fine. Like him in the Aziz one. I was like, I don't know. The Aziz one was totally fucked up. The Aziz one was literally just a, a, a dating preference thing. That was like, they thought yeah. they could. I mean, I think even Jezebel like tore that shit down. Really? They took it down because they were like, oh, fuck. This. Or they had to add a retraction or something like that. Gotcha. They were like, we really jumped the Mike gun is there. I'm in. 
I'm back. Hello. <laughs> there we go. He's back. No, Aziz got totally fucked on that. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. I forget who said it. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember who said it. If it was Nikki or somebody, but they uh, they worded it perfectly. She had buyer's remorse. Yes. And you don't get yeah. to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, no return policy. Sorry. Yeah. A lot of this shit is just insane to me that like anybody gives that much of a fuck about celebrity culture. I don't know that it's true because I feel like so like all these all these uh, uh, online blogs like Vulture, Vox, fucking but whatever it is, like if they're having a slow day, which is most of them, they just become like the inquirer and it's right. all like Hillary birthed a bat. And fucking also, you know, and, and the guy, you know, and you're supposed, and but people like love that shit and they eat it up and then they just like, I don't know. I don't give a shit who's on the screen. As long as you're entertaining me, I'm eating fucking loads of food in the dark. And, uh, you know, and I get, you know, I get my money's worth. That's it. I don't care. Morgan Freeman grabs somebody's ass in 1975. Don't care. Don't care. You know, still got the best voice. Fucking Shawshank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Shawshank's amazing. I'm watching it. Um, <laughs> you know. I don't know. None of that shit bothers me, really. Uh, especially now. I feel like everybody's a little tired of it now. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah. I'm going to cut all that out. What? <laughs> then he just started ranting about it. Mike just got, he went back to get his charger and then John just <laughs> lost his goddamn mind. Wouldn't shut up about it. Now they're not working. Uh, <laughs> I hate me too. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to ask you the three questions that we ask every guest on the show. Uh, first question is a bit of a softball one, but uh, if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself to help you today? Uh, I would have let uh, Lucian manage me like he was Ooh. doing for a lot of comics at that time. But again, yeah. you're young. You're trying to not be stupid. Mm -hmm. And there's all the stories are like, yeah, I did it too soon. And I had this awful manager and I knew nothing about the business. I didn't know enough people in the business at that time to ask. And so I just said no. And I think it, it hurt me a little bit uh, or a lot of it. Yeah. Who knows? Right. But, uh, but yeah, some of the guys that, that were managed him got to do things that I didn't get to do. Wow. Cool, man. I didn't know that. Um, uh, second thing is what had to end in your life? good or bad that led you to where you are today what had to end yeah uh my uh bachelorhood had to oh. end when i got married it's just all over wow apparently was that a hard decision to make that's a thing um not really no hmm. i uh i knew at the time that it was that it was right and it was the right thing to do at the time and all that uh it's hard uh, I know it's hard being married to a comic. It's hard to date a comic. We're mm -hmm. always gone. There's like all the family functions, weddings, like all that kind of shit. Yeah. Always happen on weekends. Nobody gets yep. married on a Wednesday. No. Nope. Take off. <laughs> so true. all that kind of stuff. I know it's hard on the 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 loved ones. You know, yeah. it just is. And I've been gone for for holidays for, for all kinds of shit. Um, I think that's that's a hard thing to. For for others, probably more than a comic, but I also I have a rule where I'm not going to apologize for loving what I do. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, it is. Did you ever? Do, I get it, and I understand that. But at the same time, I love what I do. I yeah, can't yeah. help that I'm going to do what I love and hang out with people that I like. Yeah, and friends. Yeah. You know, when I do a cruise ship, I like working. I like working on the cruise ships. They're fine. You know, mm -hmm. the audience is usually great. But I'm performing for people that hate their jobs and are on 
on vacation to get away from that. And I'm not. I'm yeah. at work doing where you are on vacation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah, that's great, man. Did how you long? ever want... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, how long do, you, do the cruise ships usually like the contracts go? Like, are you on there for a while at a time or is it like two, three uh, weeks? The longest time I ever do one is three weeks. Okay. Uh, mm. Normally it's two. Um, three weeks, three weeks for a comic for me is long. That third week, I've heard everything I can say. I'm sick of me. That third <laughs> week drags. The audiences all seem the same. Everything. Yeah. You do that one show where you're like, did I already say all of this? Like, you just, you yeah. don't know. And right. so that third week, it, it does get long. But I mean, there's, how are you going to complain when there's people that live on that ship for nine months, cleaning yeah. toilets for nine months? They can't. Right. Sorry, I got to work for almost 40 minutes in a row tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever close to having like a Poseidon adventure type of situation where you like, you're like, the, there's like a you, a doctor, and like a heavy set lady who can swim, and you're like, we got to get out of this boat. Like, is there, that ever happened? No. No? Okay. No. <laughs> Just in I my would, head. But no, not so far. But thanks for putting that out there. <laughs> I got to get on one right after Thanksgiving. Now I have this in my head the whole time. <laughs> I'll like, expect oh, a phone call. Woman right there. That's probably her. That's the one. That's going to be it. <laughs> that's what I'm picturing. You're going to be in the elevator. You're like Somebody's going to mention they're a doctor. You're going to see the fat woman. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I'm out of here. I know how this story ends. I'm going. <laughs> Over, I'm out. <laughs> you better airlift me out of here. I've got a call from you. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's great. Um, uh, so the last question ties in with the show. So if this was a genuine dystopia that we were living in, more so than it is now, and you had your choice between total government collapse, aliens, zombies, comet heading toward the Earth, or like a climate change situation, but basically you wake up the next morning, one of those things is happening, and it's your last, it's everybody's last day. What would be your epic death? How do you want to go out? Uh, I think I would take the comet. I, yeah, go ahead, comment, hit it. Let's take, if I'm going, let's all of us go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best attitude. <laughs> We're all out of here. Comment's taking us all out. We'll all be somewhere. I mean, whatever happens after that. Right. Nice. You know? What's your last Nobody meal? Survives. You can't imagine like an asteroid hitting you at whatever speed that is. I don't know. I've seen movies, but how real could that possibly be? I think I know they're based on fact, but. <laughs> <laughs> I would take, I would take oh. aliens over most of it. Uh, yeah, over government collapse because that's just us eating ourselves. Oh god! So, yeah. my son had a friend. Oh, I gave him a ride one time. And he goes, "What do you think you would do during a zombie apocalypse?" And I go, "You are asking the wrong person. I don't believe in any of that shit." I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not into that one at all. But. Uh, the kids in the back seat, like, I yeah, was yeah. just trying to bond. I didn't know we were. <laughs> but he was also the kid, like, they would ask you, Hey, did you have a dream last night? You're like, Yeah, well, I had a dream. Oh, you didn't want to hear mine. Oh, you <laughs> God, kids are stupid. Can I hook into your Bluetooth in the car? No. <laughs> you really asked me that. Like, I'm going to let this little kid wow. read my Bluetooth in my car. No, I'm not listening to whatever you're listening to. Fucking ballsy. <laughs> Holy shit. Right? First day. Dude, wow. that is nuts. It's a tough open, son. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Car. Oh, my God. That's fucking that, hilarious. And I promise this is true, was uh, Lin-Manuel's nephew. 
Oh shit! Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Okay. No, I'm not listening to Hamilton every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. No, we're not listening to that shit every day. <laughs> I don't want to listen to anybody who's making more money than me in this band right now. Who's, who's been- nice guy? Probably the most talented guy on Broadway right now. Right. No, I'm not listening to this shit every day. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking hilarious, dude. Um, yeah, you got to come back you. on again, man, because I, I love talking to you. You're fucking, you're the best, dude. Anytime. I, love it. I love it. And we have to guys. do a show at some point. I don't know when we're going to be able to get back on the road together or something like that, but I'd love to do another show with you sometime. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Let's do someplace yeah. bullshit place in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I have an in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in Point Pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring a beer. <laughs> oh, man. It was great talking to you, dude. I'll Absolutely. see you. Oh, do you have a website? Plug it real quick. Oh, MikePBurton.com. Beautiful. Awesome, man. Real Thanks clever. so much for doing it. Thanks, man. Thanks what do you say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you later. Thanks so much, man. Bye. Oh, my God. My face oh, hurts. Man. I fucking love Mike. He's a little...